Good morning. It is so good to see you. I want to invite you to take your seats for just a few moments. Thank you, worship team. Amen. Ain't he all right? Yes. Ain't he all right? Man, we're, we're so grateful for the opportunity to be here today, um, regardless of what life looks like on the different spectrums and the different uh, things that we face. God is good. God is good. And uh, we're just grateful for the privilege to come here together and just to uh, worship with like-minded believers and be able to hear his word. Uh, I truly believe uh, that his word is alive and that his word never returns void. And um, I believe that his word can find you wherever you're at, wherever you're at. Um, if you've hung around me for a little bit, um, you'll know that I like to talk about food. Desiree just recently <laughs> labeled me a foodie, and I don't, I, I don't claim that, um, but yet I find myself, uh, you know, you're, you're going to take a weekend trip or something like that, and yet, yet you know where you're going to eat, um, and you, you plan uh, your events around your meals. Um, you, you laugh at me, but you're with me. Some of you, right? But if you if you hung around me a little bit, there's this new restaurant, and I'm not going to tell you what it's called just yet. It is in, um, it, it's primarily in the Dallas Fort Worth area, but it just there was one that just recently opened in Lubbock, Texas. It is an incredible restaurant. Um, been there. And you, you will never be disappointed. It's certainly worth the drive. But the reason that I bring that up is because that restaurant provides a good experience. And because I have had a good experience there, I want to make sure that you do. Uh, I want to share that. You would, you would think that I own the restaurant by the way I talk about it or even have some stock. But I don't. I promise you there's nothing like that. But I'm just so... I love food, <laughs> and this restaurant is really good, so I want to tell you, I want you to go because I want you to have a good time. Why am I saying all that? Because what I'm going to share today is going to be because I love you and I care about you enough that I want to talk about a topic that, that is not often talked about, um, but is so important, and it is an important component in our life, and it is the topic of the power of the Holy Spirit the power of the Holy Spirit. We need His Spirit. Whether you say amen or not, we need His Spirit in every moment, at every turn, for everything that we face in life. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And why I'm, I'm saying, I prefaced uh, that uh, my, my restaurant obsessions and my food obsessions with the fact that I want you to live a life of victory. I want you and I to live a life that God, does, that God died to give us, okay? Eternal life absolutely is the goal, and I'm grateful. He, he gave his son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is the end goal. But also while we're here on earth, God wants us to have abundant living here on earth, amen? I, I heard somebody say, you remember the old hymn, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing it will be. And, and it's a beautiful song, but somebody said, it's because no one's rejoicing down here because it's just a struggle. 
But the truth is that God wants us, and I'm not saying when I talk about being blessed here on earth, I'm not talking about what you own or what you don't own. I'm talking about being able to lay down at night and and sleep well and have peace in in your heart and in your mind. And for you to know that, that you can go to, that there is a physical, that there is a spiritual state of being that God wants you and I to arrive at. A place where we're anxious for nothing. A place where we are no longer tied to the things of our past. So there is a higher calling. There's higher ground that God is calling us to. And for that, we need his spirit. For that, we need his spirit. So go with me to Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. I used this portion of scripture back in the month of June, if I'm not mistaken. Um, however, I, there's a, this is a different twist to it. This is uh, a different... Uh, avenue that I'm going to take. So it's in the YouVersion app, and it will be up here on the screen um, as we wrap up uh, this series and head into our Freedom Conference this coming week, and we're so excited for it. So he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. By my spirit. Our motivation for receiving the Holy Spirit is not solely to have a gift. It's not solely to check off a box. It's not solely to have a supposedly quote-unquote religious requirement taken care of. Our desire for his spirit should be driven by wanting everything that God has for us. Wanting everything that God has for us. I don't know about you, but I don't want to fall short of what he has for me. I want everything that he has for me. His, the, his word says that his plans for me are good. And they're for a plan for me to prosper. They're, they're not, it's not a plan of evil. I want everything that he has for me. And one of those things is the power of his spirit. And many of us may go to, through our daily lives without activating this power that is available to us. I don't want to miss out on the blessings that are available, that are readily accessible for you. The Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord, His Holy Spirit gives us the power to see God's purpose for our life. Through His Spirit, I am able to understand what His purpose is for my life because the truth is that God has called each of us not just a select few, each of us in this place today to follow him. And he has given us a purpose and he has given us a hope. We seek God because we need God. Amen. We seek him because we need him. So when we look at what Zechariah, this, this prophet of the Old Testament is writing, he, he is talking a, a, a prophecy, he is speaking a prophecy in the Old Testament about the New Testament church. And when he references might, he is talking about human might because we all try to do something on our own from time to time. He's talking, he's saying it's not by human might. And when he talks about the power here, he is talking about human power. And he says, but by my spirit, 
but by my spirit. It cannot be done. There are certain things in life that cannot be done. It doesn't matter how smart we are. It doesn't matter how much skills or abilities, intellect we have. It it can only go so much. I, I don't know about you, but I know my abilities, and it's not enough. I need his spirit in my life. I need his direction in my life. I know my limitations. I can't do anything, but but with him, I can do all things. It is him that allows me to do that. So by my spirit, why is this important? Because throughout these weeks, um, dating back to the month of September, we have dealt with, with issues such as shame, such as fear, such as rejection. We have rooted those things out. We have taken those things out of our lives that once had a place in our hearts. And as we have removed those, we need to be able to fill those voids. We need to be able to fill that with the Spirit of God. We need to ensure that what we have taken out is filled with His Spirit. Amen? So let me ask this question. What have you been trying to do on your own? What have you been trying to do on your own? By your own might by your own power, maybe it's fix a relationship, maybe it's fixing a situation that is present in your life. What have you been trying to do on your own, by your own might, by your own power? The word spirit here that is used in Zechariah, the word spirit here is the word ruach in the Hebrew, and it actually doesn't really translate into the English language because it is, uh, it talks about the breath of God, but it it is actual breath. It is an unseen force. Isn't that awesome? It's an unseen force, the power of God, the breath of God, that we need something greater than our own strength, than our own abilities, that, that this spirit would just propel me and guide me and direct me and moves me in ways that I have never moved before, that allows me to have a true spirit-filled life, a true spirit-filled life, that we would live the life that the Apostle Paul said, that we would live the truth that we We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that we are the church. You are the church. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that he dwells in us, that he lives on the inside, that that there is something inside of us that supernaturally enables us, that supernaturally charges us to be able to accomplish the purpose that God has put us on this earth for. Finding our purpose. Finding our purpose. Uh, You'll hear about this more uh, in in the coming weeks. I'm so excited uh, to roll out a few things that we are looking at. But our purpose, being able to put our skills and our abilities in the hands of God and to be able to truly find the meaning, the definition of why we were put on this earth for. There are people in this world, you'll look at singers, they have talents and they have abilities, but yet they're not happy. It doesn't matter how much money is in the bank account. It doesn't matter what they drive. It doesn't matter where they live. There is not happiness on the inside because while they're using their skills and while they're using their gifts, they're not using them for the purpose that God has given them. And that, but on the contrary, you can see people that, 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 that it doesn't matter what they drive. It doesn't matter if there's no money in the bank account. They still smile because they are fulfilling their purpose in God. Happiness is not found. I, I've used that. Happiness is, is, is a happenstance. No, no, no. We have joy as believers, uh, unexplainable joy in the midst of anything that we face. We have joy. So we're going to look at some key elements today, and we're going to see what it looks like to have a spirit-filled life. Are you ready? 
We're going to be able to evaluate our lives. We're going to be able to look uh, and say, this is where I'm at, and this is where God wants me to be, and, and be able to define whatever gap there is and say, you know what, and so these are some steps that I need to take to be able to get there. When, when, when a consultant comes into a business to be able to provide some insight and some direction on what is the issue, the first thing that they'll do is they'll conduct a, a self-analysis or they'll do a, a, a root analysis. They'll be able to identify what is taking place, what is the state of the condition what, of the company, of the business, and then be able to put some practices and some measures and some principles in place to be able to get there. So we're gonna do that with the help of God this morning. Be able to say, you know what? I'm gonna li- I'm gonna leave this place in a better state than when I than what I came in, with the help of the Lord. So this is what it looks like. I need to be intentional in the steps that I take to be able to be where I need to be in God. I need to be intentional. It starts with you, and it starts with a mind made up. It starts with a mind made up. When the Apostle Paul is writing and he talks to the church in Corinth. He says this in 1 Corinthians 4.20. He says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. I like the way that translation, the New Living Translation puts it. It's not just a lot of talk. It is living by God's power. It's not just ideology. It's not just theology. It's not just opinions. It's not just beliefs. No, it is actually living by God's power. It cannot be solely God's, it cannot be solely our words, but we need God's power in that. Furthermore, he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4, this is the Apostle Paul who is writing half of the New Testament. Watch what he says. He says, when I came to you, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith, he's talking to the people, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. What we do here is not about what you and I can do as humans. It is about what God can do in our lives. Paul was a very studied man. Paul, uh, some people argue that he had, by the age of 21, he had the equivalency of two doctoral degrees by that young age. He was a very studied man. He was very, uh, he was very dedicated to, to what he did in, in his life. But he knew his abilities and he knew his skills. And he said, it doesn't matter how smart I am. It can't be my words. It has to be God's power that changes lives. It has to be God's power that changes lives. Can I tell you at, here at Impact City, God's presence is our priority. God's presence is his, is our priority because my words can only do so much and your words can only do so much. But in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there is pleasures forevermore. I, I do believe that the Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I, I know and I say, God, right now in this place, we need your presence more than we need anything else. We need your presence more than our next breath. Paul didn't rest on what he knew. He rested on the God that was inside of him. And he knew that he needed God to be able to accomplish his purpose. Some of us in this place may be trying to make changes on our own. Changing, trying to change people on our own. 
trying to change circumstances on our own. We need to stop and we need to say, Holy Spirit, come. We need to stop in our tracks and say, Holy Spirit, I need you right now. I need you to change. I need you to, 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 to challenge. I need you to convict. I need you to show me. I need you to, to be, to help me in my blind side. If there is a blind side in my life, Holy Spirit, I need you to show that to me so I can be able to make some changes that allow me to move to where you want me to be. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is talking about the comforter, the, the Holy Spirit. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. He says, the spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you. Amen. And he will be in you. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I come. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. He is saying, I won't be here in a physical state, but you will see me because I live. You will also live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And then in John chapter 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. Notice he uses the word advocate. He uses the word helper. The helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Why did he say that? Because Jesus, in his three and a half years of physical ministry on earth, he could only be in one place at one time. But he said, if I go up, it is to your advantage because instead of just being in one place, he's over there and he's over there and he's, he is in the hearts. He is in our spirits after the resurrection. So Jesus dies on the cross. We know that he spent about 40 days appearing in his glorified body after he had come, after he rose from the dead and he is just popping up in different places. And he, he's sharing some words of wisdom to, to his disciples. And he's giving his final instructions. Um, and his final, his final sentence before the great ascension, when he is standing on the Mount of Olives, he, he says this in the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, you will receive power. I don't know about you, but I need power in my life. I need power in my life to be able to face what I'm facing, to be able to live the way God has called me to live. We need his power. I want to show you a portion of scripture that, that identifies uh, what it, salvation, um, what we see salvation and we see the Holy Spirit come hand in hand. And it is found in Acts chapter 8. Um, I didn't put this in the version app, so if you want to write it down, Acts 8, 14 through 17. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that, there, that, they, may, that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. 
they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So the question that often comes up in churches, the question that often comes up is, why doesn't God put it all in one package? When he talks about salvation, when we talk about salvation, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, salvation, because it, it, salvation is a free gift, with no strings attached. He, he loved us, and, he's, and it is just the matter of you and I accepting and being willing to say yes to Jesus. It is accepting him as our Lord and Savior. Salvation happens when we accept and acknowledge the finished work of the cross. But it is not the end of the spiritual journey. It is not the end of your spiritual journey. Why is this so important? Because we tend to think that when we come to salvation, this is it. There may be nothing else, but it is not the end. It is only the beginning. God has more for you. God has more for you. God has more for you. So why is this important? Because yes, we thank God for our salvation. We praise him for our salvation. We're grateful for our salvation. I'm grateful that when this life is over, that we will get to spend eternity with Jesus. I'm grateful for that. But it is not the end of, of, of everything that God has for you and I here on this earth. It is just the beginning. He has more in store for you. Yes, eternal life is the goal, but what, what happens? until we get there. What happens until we get God wants greater things for you here on this earth. Amen. So let's look at what Paul told the church in Ephesus. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, he says, don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. And how, how do you grieve God? And how do you break his heart? His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. His spirit allows us to be changed and to be more like him. Amen? Amen. It, it, it is what makes us more like him. And look what he says. He says, don't take such a gift for granted. I'm sorry to say that I believe that many people in this world take the gift for granted. That we don't activate it. And the question is, do, don't you want all that God has for you? Don't you want all that he has for you? It is, when, when you look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, he tells the church, he says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Can I tell you that every single one of us in this place are not exempt of it. We will all be filled with something. We will be filled with what this world puts inside of us, or we can put a stop to that and say, I'm, I'm going to be filled with the Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to be able to be in me, to direct me, to guide me. I, I need to be a better person. I need to be a better Christian. I need to be a better husband. I need to be a better wife, a better father, a better mother. I can't do it on my own. I need his spirit. So I tell you, Impact City Church, as we move in this journey, let's be filled with his spirit. Let's seek him and let's watch how he changes our lives. So how do we receive it? I got three things to share with you and I'll get out of your way. How do we receive his spirit? How do I activate it? How, do, how does this come into play in my life? Number one, I have to remove the barriers 
that keep us from all that God has for us. Remove the barriers that keep us from all that God has for us. This looks different for everyone in this place. Maybe similar on some levels, but it could be different. What barriers stand in your way? Could it be a bad church experience? Could it be the way that the Holy Spirit was packaged and presented to you that has caused you to be standoffish and you say, I don't want anything to do with, with the ghost? I've, I've actually heard people say that. I don't want anything to do. Personally, there are some things, personally, this is, I'm talking about myself, that I have had to unlearn because of my upbringing, that I have had to unlearn because it wasn't so much biblical because of the way it was packaged and because of the way it was presented to me. Can I challenge you today? Let us look at the Holy Spirit, the way it is presented to us in the scriptures, that, that for us to say, you know what? Regardless, I may have had a bad experience. I may have had a, a negative upbringing or whatever the case may be, whatever it looks like for you. I personally don't know your story, but could we just say, you know what, Jesus? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to go all in. I'm going to, regardless of what I've heard, regardless of what I've been told, regardless of what it has looked like, can I tell you that it's not weird? It's not awkward. It's not goofy. It's not because it comes from God. The Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. If it comes from God, it is good and it is perfect. It is not, it is not a human's, a human's perspective or a human's belief. No, no. It is what the Bible says. It is our comfort. He is our comforter. He is our advocate. He is our helper. The, the Holy Spirit inside of us is what causes us to be able to live the life that God has called us to live. Amen. Some of us in this place may need to repent may need to repent from ways that we have thought, the ways that we have talked, ways that we have lived. That could be what is holding us back. Look what Acts chapter 2, verse 38 says. Peter replied, uh, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. It's available for everyone. It's available available for every it's available for you regardless of what you've been through it's available for you regardless of the sin that has been in your life you can repent today and say god i turn from that and i turn to you and i i, I ask you god could it be that i am failing in, in my life could it be that i'm failing in personal areas because i'm not seeking you and because i am not aligning myself with your word could it be that i'm just frustrated and i'm saying I'll never get out of this because I haven't said, Holy Spirit, you do the work. Instead, I have been trying to do the work. I, I, can I tell you, we got to get out of the way and let the Holy Spirit change us, transform us, restore us. Let us be all that God wants us to be. I'm tired of living mediocre lives. I'm tired of us just saying, I'll just accept half the blessings and just half of the goodness of God. No, I want all that he has 
for me. I want every, I want his spirit in my marriage, in my personal life, in my mind. I want his spirit in my job, in my career, in my education. I want his spirit in my finances. I want his spirit in my business. I want his spirit in every aspect because wherever his spirit is, We, we put limits on ourselves. We put limits on ourselves and we have, I dare to say, we've even put limits on God. And say, God really, we, we tend to associate him with the spiritual aspects, but, but God cares about everything. The, his word says, I desire that you prosper in everything, even as your soul prospers in everything. You got to remove the barriers. You have to remove what stands in the way. Number two, you have to ask God to give us all He has for us. I'm piggybacking off of the first point. Ask God to give us all that He has for us. Look what 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 5 says. For I don't want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food. They all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies stayed scattered in the wilderness. So here what the Apostle Paul is referencing is the exodus out of Egypt. We understand, we know that God took them out of slavery and he had something greater for them, but he is referencing the people and their state of being, the people and their mindset, the people and their unbelief, the people that said, you know what, I, 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 do, I do believe that God has called me out of slavery. I do believe that he has taken me out of what I used to be in, but yet have not embraced fully what God has called us to be. So what, what, what is he talking about? What is the Apostle Paul talking about here? He is saying God was not happy with him because you know what? He said, I have so much more for you. But, but you're going to settle for that. You're going to settle and stay right there when, when you could just come a little bit more and be able to, to make the journey. God was not pleased because they did not embrace the reality of all that he had for them. They all, notice what, what the writer says, what Paul says, they all were baptized under the cloud and under the sea. They all drank from the same spiritual rock. They all ate the same spiritual food, but some of them did not not make it all the way. What this warns me and this cries out to me and this jumps out at me and says that, that there are, all of us in this place could have the same experience that he is our savior. But, but I don't want to live, I don't want to die with, with not maximizing the potential that God of all that he has for me. They all, all had the same experience but some of them, not all of them could wrap their minds and their hearts around what God had for them. Can I tell you that all that we have is not all that God has? All that we have is not all that God has. He, the, the writer of the book of Hebrews furthermore references this and says, don't harden your hearts. Don't harden your hearts. That's the difference. We can harden our hearts as Israel did when they rebelled, when they tested me in the wilderness. Their own doubt, their own belief, can I even put it this way? Their own past. 
Their own past held them back from experiencing all God had for them. Their own past. And I feel that this story is a recurring story in some of our lives. Not necessarily in this church, but in our worlds. That we can't get involved to the extent that that God has called us to get involved in. To be able to serve and to have the privilege to be able to serve. Because we're tied to certain dogmas and certain things of the past. And we're... We can never really get to where we need to be because of that. But if we're going to receive all that he has for us, I have to be able to ask him to give me all that he has. So I'll end that point by asking this question. What would it look like in your life if you went all in? If you went all in and you believed him for his word. And the last point that I want to make if the worship team will join me. You have to develop an intimate relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit. So I have to remove the barriers. I have to ask God for all that he has for me. And the third thing is I have to develop a relationship. Jesus, in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4, he says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. In other words, he was telling them, don't do anything. Don't try to do anything on your own, but wait till you receive the Holy Spirit. The the greatest, in my, my personal opinion, the greatest picture of this is you have this man named Peter. You have this man named Peter that was a close follower of Jesus. He was mentored by the master. Mentored by the master. But yet, when push came to shove, and when he was backed up into a corner, the Bible says that he denied Christ three times. He's, but, but you were with Jesus. You were with Jesus. You walked with him. You talked with him. You broke bread with him. You were with Jesus. And yet, when they asked you, no, man, I don't even know that guy. He fell. He stumbled. But then the Bible says in in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and that they were all in one place, and they were one, all in one accord, and the Holy Spirit came, the same man, the same man that denied Christ, that couldn't make his mind up, he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that he gets up, and he preaches. In spite of the criticism, in spite of people there arguing against him, he preaches. 5,000 are saved. He preaches, 3,000 are saved. He couldn't tell one person that Jesus was a true God. On his own personal, in his own personal strength. He couldn't do it on his own, but with the Holy Spirit, 
It didn't matter what came his way. There was a boldness inside of him. There was a change that took place because the Bible says it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. He preached, and this is what, what Paul says, the amazing grace of the master Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. To know him in all that he is, to know that the Holy Spirit is our advocate, is our helper, is our battle partner who covers our blind sides and helps us to fight for our well-being. The Bible tells us that he is our advocate, that he confounds our adversary and he defeats the enemy of our soul. The Bible tells us that he is our comforter, that he alone makes us strong for battle. The, the Bible tells us that he is our teacher, that he will guide us to all truth. The Bible Bible tells us that he dwells in me, that it is Christ inside of me, the hope of glory. One of the most important things the Holy Spirit does for us is to help us learn to think like God. One of the most important things the Holy Spirit does for us is to help us learn to think like God. When his spirit takes over our thoughts, that's when things happen. Our priorities begin to change. Before Christ, before Christ, it was all about me. What I could do, what I wanted, what I thought was best, but I don't belong to myself anymore. I belong to him. I belong to him. I've been bought with a price. We become better because God's spirit is superior, is a superior influence in our lives is a superior influence in our lives. So when I look at this, the comforter, there, there is a Greek word, and this is the last thing I'll share with you. I still got two minutes and 55 seconds. It's called parkaleros. Parkaleros. It talks about it being our advocate, it talks about being our helper, but I love the way in a picture form, this is what it talks about. It says, you pick up one side and he'll pick up the other. It is about God helping those who help themselves. It is about, you know what, saying, I'm gonna take one step, God, you'll take another. If I draw close to you, you will draw close to me, that I can't do it on my own, but that I am acknowledging that I need you in everything that I do. That if I can, it, that if the load is too heavy for me, that I just have to pick up one side, that I don't have to worry about what loading, uh, bearing all the load on my own, that I have somebody that, that he is a burden bearer and that he can, he can bear my burden and that he can carry what I can't carry, that when I am weak, he is strong that his strength is made perfect in my weakness, that, that I understand that I have a helper, that I don't have to try to figure it out on my own, that I don't have to do it on my own, that if I just do my part, that I know that the God in heaven, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask or think, according to the power that works in us, according to the power that works in us, 
So that's the last thing I'll share with you. I think I've already said that, but you don't have to lift it on your own. You don't have to do it on your own. You don't have to try to accomplish it all and say, I got this. You, you don't. You need him. I need him. We all need him. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of knowing that we were created to be dependent on the God of the universe, the God that created the heavens and the earth with his word can sustain you in whatever you are facing right now. You don't have to do it on your own. You pick up your, your part. You trust that God will do what only he can. I want to invite you to close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, I'm grateful for this moment right now. I'm grateful for your spirit. I'm grateful for your spirit, God, that changes us, that heals us, that restores us. I'm grateful for your word today that comes to remind us, God, that we cannot do it on our own, that we need you, God, right now. Just as your word says in the book of Proverbs, that in all our ways that we would acknowledge you and that you will direct our paths. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need you in our minds. We need you in our spirits. We need you in our souls. We need you in our hearts. We need you in our relationships. We need you in our marriages. We need you in our families. We need you in our finances. God, we need you, Holy Spirit. We need you, God, in the situations that have been unresolved. God, in the prayers that have not been answered. In the frustrations that currently weigh us down. Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we, we invite you in this place, in this place, Lord, that we would let, let us be open and, and be reci recipients of what you have for us today. God, that your spirit would come and just enlighten us and show us and say, man, I really need to get away from that. Or I really need to change the way I do this. That your spirit would teach us and lead us to all truths. Right, right now, God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place, in this moment, right now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. With every eye closed and every head bowed if there is someone in this place and you have not given your life to Jesus and you want to take that step today I want to give you an opportunity this morning I don't want to close this service without allowing you to receive the greatest gift that you will ever receive he died for you in your condition, with the struggles that you have right now, with the habits that you have right now, with the sin that is weighing you down right now, he died for you in that state so that you could get up and that you could have everlasting life. And that while you live here on earth, that you could have abundant life. He came to give you life and to give it to you in abundance. So right now, if that is you, I wanna invite you with every eye closed, just raise your hand right where you're at. Raise your hand right now. And we're gonna pray this prayer together. And we're gonna believe that today 
is the first day of the rest of your life. Everyone, will you pray with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you that you loved me when I was unlovable. I received this gift. I open up my heart, change my life, turn me around for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we give God praise for everybody that received him today? I'm gonna invite you to stand. As we enter a moment of worship, the, our only motivation this morning, our only motivation this morning is to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. So whatever that looks like for you, only you know where you're at in your spiritual walk. Only you know where you're at. But let his word just rest on you. Let his word challenge you and change you and let you know that you, you can get up. That you, can, that you can be different, that you don't have to live with, with what is going on on the inside, struggling and frustrated and angry all the time, that His Spirit can come and that it can change you. That when you leave here, and it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and tomorrow at, at, at noon, and that at Tuesday at 7 in the evening, that His Spirit would be with you, and that you could feel a, a, a palpable difference in your life. So right now, for the next few moments, that's all we're, we're going to do is just say, Holy Spirit, come. Whatever that looks like to you, whether you want to raise your hands or not, whether you want to open your mouth and, and pray audibly or pray in your mind, whatever that looks like for you. but. I invite you, don't, don't leave this place not saying, I need you. Watch the difference that he'll make. So right now, once again, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we invite you in our hearts. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, teach us. Maybe you've been through a difficult patch in life right now. You need to say, Holy Spirit, comfort me. Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, lift me up right now in Jesus' name. We just call on you. We call on you. And we ask you to invade our hearts, invade our minds, invade our spirits that we would be able to be recipients of all that you have for us. God, don't let us, don't let us not receive everything that you have for us. Let us, God, go all in and say, God, I want it all. I want it all. God, right now, I ask that you work 
in the unworkable areas of our lives. I ask you that you could change the unchangeable areas of our lives. I ask you that you restore the unrestorable areas of our lives. That it is not by might and it's not by human power, but it is by your spirit. God, right now, I thank you in advance for the great things that you are going to do. I thank you in advance for doors that are going to open. I thank you in advance that what you are going to do is a great and exceeding work. But right now, we know that it starts with you. We know that we need you at the core of what we do. We know that we need you at the center of everything that we are involved in. So Holy Spirit, come right now. Flood our hearts. Flood our minds. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just invite him in right now. Invite him in right now and let him do what only he can do.